If you like milk chocolate, we need a volunteer. I think I saw Micah's hand first. Okay, Micah, you want to come up here? I'm going to give you this milk chocolate candy bar. It is yours. Are you satisfied with receiving that? You content with just getting one? Question, would you like a second one? You sure? You content with two? You're not sure. Would you like a third one? Are you content with three? Okay, you may sit down. No, he wasn't quite content after getting the second one. He thought there might be more coming. Question. Not looking for a response, but to think about what does it take to satisfy you? What does it take to satisfy you? Then a follow up question What does it take to satisfy your family? What does it take for us as a church to be satisfied? When is enough enough? Are you content? Fully content? Is Christ alone sufficient to live for God's glory in daily life? As a church, we're considering some core basics the last few weeks and continuing for a number of weeks. What should change and what should not change? Core basics should not change. But what is permissible to change? When should we be content? The basic thrust of what we discussed this morning is that Christ alone is sufficient for a relationship with God. <clears throat> Relationships with the, with the body of Christ and for daily living in the world. Christ alone is sufficient for a relationship with God. Relationships within the body of Christ and daily living in our world. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. In Romans 1, excuse me, 16 and 17, Paul talks about a righteousness from God that is available. And then in chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, and through chapter 3 and verse 20, Paul establishes the fact that all are under sin. And he draws that conclusion in chapter 3, beginning with verse 10. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away, they have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. And he goes on to describe the entire human race that we are given to sin. Separated from a relationship with God. In verses 19 and 20, 
He says that uh, sin cannot be dealt with through the law. The law does not deliver from sin. But notice what he says in verse 22. But now a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. But, he has just explained that all human beings are under sin, separated from a relationship with God. The law cannot bring a relationship with God. But, the contrast, a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God came through faith in Christ or comes through faith in Christ to all who believe. There is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God who are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance, He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time. So as to be just. And the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. And notice a couple of things. That for dead people separated from a relationship with God, there's a righteousness from God available through faith in Christ. But it's through faith in Christ, according to verse 22. And it has to be by faith in Christ and what Christ has done, because all have sinned, all are in Adam, all are separated from a relationship with God. And then in verse 24, are justified freely. So the righteousness... From God is through faith in Christ, the redemption that came by Christ Jesus is again dependent upon Christ. The buying out from sin is dependent upon Christ, according to verse 24. Justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And then in verse 26. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time. So as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Christ. Justification comes to those who have faith in Christ. But it's dependent upon through in Christ. Now go over to chapter 6. In chapters 4, or in chapter 4, Paul gives the example of Abraham. Abraham again was justified by faith. In the beginning of chapter 5, he talks about the justification, the peace we have with God. And at the end of chapter 5, he deals with being in Adam, separated from God, and then being brought into Christ, and the fact that in Christ you have eternal life. And then chapter 6, he says, what shall we say then in response to the, or what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? 
Apparently, there are some people who are saying, if I have this redemption, I have this justification in Christ, I've been the, or I have this righteousness, I have this eternal life, why not sin? Because the more I sin, the more I show God's grace and forgiveness. So if I commit 50 sins, that takes more grace than if I commit two sins. So apparently some people were saying, if I have this in Christ, why not sin? And Paul says, by no means. God forbid. We died to sin. How can we live any longer in it? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now he talks about the fact that God forbid you can't go on sinning because you've died to sin. You've been baptized into Christ. Now when you think of baptism, the word baptism means to place into He's not talking about water baptism here. He's talking about the fact that when we come to faith in Christ, we're placed into Christ. We become members of the body of Christ. Been baptized into Christ. We're baptized into death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So when Christ died, who died? Believers. When Christ came from the dead, who came from the dead? Believers. We're in him. Our identity is with him. If we've been united in verse 5 with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin, Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Get that in your mind. Anyone who has died has been freed from sin. We're in Christ. Freed from sin. Verse 8, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God, as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master, because you're not under law, but under grace. In verses 1 through 10, he's giving positional truth. You died with Christ, you've been raised with Christ. In verses 11 through 14, he's saying, now practice that. So I'm going to illustrate baptism. That is, baptism into Christ. 
for sake of illustration, let this bag represent Christ. Let this bag represent Christ. I have six critter people from some kids' toys of many years ago. We're going to place these people. They have repented of sin and come to faith in Christ, so they're in Christ. I'm going to put the bag on the piano. Where are those people? Pardon? Where are those people? On the piano. Why? Because they're in Christ. So I take this bag representing Christ and place it here on the chair. Where are those people? On the chair because they're in Christ. So when Christ died before, before the creation of the world, Christ died, not physically, but God knew he was going to. So believers in Christ died with him. When Christ came from the dead, believers in Christ came with him. And that's what Paul is saying in Romans chapter 6. In Christ, you died with Christ, you were raised with Christ. That's true. That's a given. So when Christ died and he conquered sin, death, and the devil, that was conquered for us. When he came from the dead to die no more, we rose with him. In Christ, by faith, justified, Righteous, redemption, in Christ, baptized into Christ, buried with him, and raised with him. That's a given. It happened for believers in Christ. And it's interesting that in, through, by Christ are used at least 24 times in Romans 3 through 8. And what is Scripture teaching? And we'll come back to this illustration in a few minutes. It's only Christ alone, only Christ alone has dealt with human beings separated from a relationship with God. It's only Christ can deal with sinners who are separated from a relationship with God. It's only Christ. He alone. Because Romans 3 makes it clear that we're justified, we're redeemed, and we receive a righteousness through Christ and Christ alone. It is totally and completely, that is our sin, being separated from God, is dealt completely with in Christ. If you go back 500 years ago, the Reformation, that was all about Christ and Christ alone. Because Luther came along and said, all that is being done by the Catholic Church is adding to Christ alone. We don't have to add to Christ alone. Christ alone is sufficient. 
Sin in its every form is addressed in Christ alone. Every religion of the world today will tell you that you have to do something to merit God. Everyone. Recently, someone came to my study door and had a brief chat. And they went on their way and I went back to studying. Their message was, you have to do something to have a relationship with God. It's Christ and Christ alone. Only Christ alone has dealt with, been victorious over the enemies believers face. Satan, we looked at Ephesians 6 last week. It's only Christ that has conquered the world system, a system of beliefs and thoughts that let God out. And it's only Christ that has dealt with the flesh, our sinful nature. Only Christ. Only Christ alone has provided all the resources believers need to live holy, fruitful, transforming, contented lives in the body of Christ and in the world. It's Christ alone. Christ alone involves both the person of Christ and the body of Christ. They are a unit. You cannot have Christ without experiencing the body locally. The head, Christ, the body, they're a unit. Christ alone means resting, not trying, as we live 24-7. We respond to the rest that we have in Christ. Let me illustrate rest with a fairly large swimming pool. And someone says to me, Pastor Dan, we're going to put you in the swimming pool. We, don't, you know, we know you don't know how to swim, but we're going to take you to the center. And we want you to rest on the water. If you will lay back and rest on the water, you'll float. But if you don't rest, you won't float and you'll drown. So they take me out in the center and they stay there for a little while till I really get rested and I just lay there and I float. And I think, oh, this isn't too bad. I think I'll try to move a little. What happens? You'll see me splashing around because I think I'm going to drown. Because when I'm not resting, I'll sink. Christ alone involves resting. Responding to the rest we have in Christ. Through repentance of sin and faith in Christ, we come into a relationship with God. And by faith, we rest in him each day. Coming into a relationship with God is by faith. 
living each day is by faith. So that leads to an application. As believers, we cannot live holy, transforming, fruitful, contented lives by trying, by doing, and by effort, but in responding to the rest we have in Christ. The Christian living is not one of trying, adding, doing. It's a matter of rest and responding to the rest we have in Christ. Years ago, we lived at the parsonage. We had a bird feeder outside the uh, kitchen window. And we noticed sometimes the bird seed seemed to go too quick and you watch and a squirrel was eating it. So we thought, we'll get the squirrel. Not we're going to kill it. We're just going to put a little grease on the bird feeder so that you can't get the bird seed. Well, we noticed that the bird seed continued to be gone. And he was, would get up on the house roof. He would jump down to the top of the bird feeder and then get down to where the food was. So we put some stuff on top of the bird feeder. We noticed he couldn't do that. And I was in the kitchen one day and I was watching this squirrel and I thought, he's just sitting there studying that bird feeder to figure out how he can get bird feed. Lo and behold... He would jump up to the door handle and immediately from the door handle over to the bird feeder. I said to Ruth Ann, we've got to put something on the door handle. That guy was trying and studying and he was determined to get the bird seed. How often are we determined that we're going to do right, we're going to live a good life, we're going to be loving, we're going to be faithful. I will try, I will try, I will try. And God says, you can't. You can't. How did you come to Christ? We come to Christ by admitting we're dead. We're separated from God. There's nothing we can do. We trust in a substitute, Jesus Christ. And when it comes to daily living, Paul is saying in Romans 6, 11 through 14, it depends on Christ. I can try to love my wife. I can try to do my, right by my kids. I can try to work hard. Paul says, quit trying. Respond to the rest that you have in Christ. You've been placed into Christ. You have died with Christ. You've been raised with Christ. You have all the resources you need to respond. Quit trying. You go back to the Reformation period. People were told, try, try, do, do. And Luther said, no, it's Christ and Christ alone. Today we are bombarded with try, do, effort. Try this study. Do this book. Listen to that tape. Attend this seminar. There may be nothing wrong with those things. But the emphasis is on if you do enough, if you try hard enough, you'll make it. And Paul says nothing we can do Plan or try will transform us, change us, make us fruitful. Only Christ alone 
through the Holy Spirit can transform. We can do, we can try much, but we can't be fruitful. We come to the point of saying, I can't. Give a couple examples. You're discouraged. You're depressed. So you get up tomorrow morning and think, I'm, not, I'm going to try not to be discouraged and depressed today. Where's your focus? On you? And on not being discouraged and depressed. Paul is saying in Romans 6 and verse 11, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So you get up tomorrow morning, you're battling with discouragement and depression, and you say, I can't have victory over this. I don't have the ability. I have none. I can't. But I have died with Christ. I've been placed into Christ. When Christ died, I died. When Christ arose, I arose. Therefore, I will choose, because I'm in Christ, to rejoice in the Lord. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. God is holy. God is just. God is righteous. God is merciful. He's Jehovah, the independent self-existing one. And I'm going to let my gentleness be evident because I'm in Christ. I can't do it. But I will choose to respond to the rest I have in Christ. That in this circumstance, God's sovereign over it. And I'm going to remember that the Lord is near. God's not off out there somewhere. He's present with me today. You have a besetting sin with which you battle. And you get up Tuesday morning and think, Lord, I don't want to commit this sin today. I'm going to try not to sin today. Help me, God. I'm going to try not to sin. Number one, where's your focus? On yourself and on the sin. You're asking God to help you, and God says, I can't help you. I already helped you. You're ready in Christ. So what does it look like? You're battling with a besetting sin. You get up Tuesday morning. And rather than thinking, I'll try not to commit this sin today. Lord, I don't want to sin today, but I can't. I can't keep from sinning. But I know that I rest in Christ. I'm in Christ. I died with Christ. I was raised with Christ. So when this temptation comes today, whatever your sin that you're struggling with may be, I'm going to count to the fact that I'm dead to it. I don't have to yield to it because I'm in Christ. I've been raised with Christ. I have the victory. Count yourself dead. Don't offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer yourselves, parts of your body to God, as instruments of righteousness. So rather than using the hands to steal, use the hands to work so you have money to give to those in need. You put off, you put on. 
but it's coming from the rest that we have in Christ. You might practice that rest, putting off and putting on 10 times a day in some days, maybe 30 times a day, or maybe hundreds of times in a week. But we respond to the rest we have in Christ. We come to faith in Christ alone. We live by faith in Christ alone. See, Micah wasn't quite satisfied with one. So he got a second one, and then he got a third one. In Christ, we can rest. Because we're placed into him. We died with him. We've been raised with him. And Paul is saying, now count that true day by day. So to this point today, in an area of my life with which I struggle, I probably come to God a half a dozen times and said, God, I can't. I can't. God says, good, now you're where I want you to be. But I am in Christ. Died with Christ. Been raised with Christ. I renew my mind because of what I have in Christ. And the victory is there. Fifteen minutes later, it might go through the same thing. But we come back to being in Christ. Christ alone is sufficient for relationship with God relationships within the body of Christ and all of daily living. Let's sing together as Travis comes in Christ alone.